Are you living a discipled life? Today on the Noble Man Podcast, Dodd Coleman discusses the practices of those who have met Jesus and have chosen to obey the call to follow him. But if we go back to the ancient, we'll see something. We'll see, oh, this is what it's always, it's always been here. We added on all this stuff in between. But if we if we just like said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's the original. That's what he So why do we have all these older guys going, Oh, I'm not qualified. I wait a minute. Jesus said you follow him. He'll make you. That's what he'll make you as a fisher of men. And so here we go, man. And, and it's I'll, a big hole in the whole discipleship yeah, process. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of guys yeah. our age right. who've been in church for a long, long time, time who've never who, been discipled. Who, yeah, and, and so they can't like they live that discipled life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing, though, I do believe Acts 2 and Acts 4 has to be rekindled. Where we have all things common. Mm. Like I said, if there's anything I appreciate about what's happening here at East End is we do have um, semblance, semblance of that that when when that we do share and work together and you know no matter what somebody's going through we find a way to come around them and gird them up and I mean and that was just intentional nobody beat them over the head but they looked at the scriptures and said yeah they had all things common they they were they were willing to share and then with all the brokenness that's happened in our culture when they about wealth gap and stuff like that. Who but the people of God should That's be right. trying to figure out, hey, how do we bring solutions versus keep fighting each other, fighting and pointing fingers at each other? At the end of the day, no, you can actually encounter. Let me tell you about my encounter with Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ. And, and people hearing our stories and knowing that it's real. It's not, we're not preaching to people. You know, and that's, that's what, to me what makes this crazy is that we just got to stay at it and stay at it and stay at it. And, and you you named it. And I think that's part of what's happening. Our reckoning is happening with this big hole with our generation of the lack of men who are courageous to be able to say to somebody, follow me as I'm following Christ. Because for a lot of them, it's just been they were good at going to a building and listening to somebody else talk. Man, there's a powerful message in there to be courageous enough to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because that's, man, that's a dangerous it's commitment. Dangerous, dangerous. But it's also such a, man, it's an exciting, it's a manly commitment. And and that's where we've got to go to say that I'm going to live in such a way that you can follow me. And it's going to be imperfect because yeah. they got to see beyond no, right. my failures and faults. <laughs> To be able to see the cross, they have to see submission to the cross, but they have to recognize that I'm not Jesus. Yeah, there's one Jesus, there's one perfect one. Yeah, and, and I think that's something we've shied away from mm-hmm. when we tell the story. We also got to be courageous to not create this image of that somehow we're getting it all right. No, we follow Jesus imperfectly. That's right. But that's where his mercy comes. Well, and Paul says that in multiple ways and multiple times. All the time. Right. And I think the other thing is we have to teach our young people to look for people who they can follow. Because mm-hmm. yep. not everyone who's worthy of following are they going to get, mm-hmm. are they going to hear that from? Yeah. But they need to be able to scan the horizon and say, mm-hmm. okay, 
that there's something unique about mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. about this individual. Yeah. And um, it yeah, has been a transformation. There's been right. something. Well, the word I said, a disciple's life. Yeah. That is not religious. It's authentically a disciple's life. You know, because I, I do believe one of the ways that people could do better at meeting the Lord is by praying and reading your Bible. Um, I just think that's important. You know, that's another part of who I am is that piece. I do spend time alone with God in the Word. Then that, then that Word actually enlivens my prayer life. I'm kind of known, people know me as a person of prayer, but I, I have to remind people, well, I'm a person of prayer because I'm a person of the Word. Because I could be praying a whole lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which people do. So, you know, I spent time, one time at our church, we were like, all right, we're going to do these series. You're going to want us to talk about prayer first. And I was like, no, we need to talk about spending time in the Word first. Because if your prayer is not infused by the Word of God, you could go off. Got to have some discipline around spending time in the Word. Yeah, I think we do got to get creative in helping people realize how to do that. I, I believe in this word, man. These words, they are spirit and they are life. It comes alive. I believe in pressing into that. This word, it's, it's a living word. This book is different than any other book. It, this is alive. And it, and it encounters the spirit. I can't explain it all, but I know, I know I'm different by meditating in this. And so that's why I try to say to people, hey, just do it and see what happens. And you know what I found out? I don't know anybody that looked me in the face and say. I spent hours and hours listening to the Bible, and I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't. I never met nobody like that. Like, hmm, that's good. And, um, you know, with all this electronic stuff, I mean, there's nothing stopping people from listening to the Bible all the time. I mean, I, I, I always marvel when I go on college campuses and I see kids walk around. Everybody got those things in their head. I'm thinking, wouldn't that be amazing if they were all listening to the Bible? And so again, it's a it's a choice, and and what do we do? How do we help people make that choice? Like I could I can listen to the Bible, and so again, I believe we can you know to encourage young people for their faith to come alive, and then listening to the Word of God and stuff like it actually be like I want to do this, you know that you're gonna have to meet them by revelation, because you could easily talk yourself out of anything like, well, what about this? And that's what people do. They talk themselves out of it. And then what happens, they encounter Christians who want to have a debate versus like, no, let's just stick with this. You're loved by God. Have you received that love? How do I receive that love? Do it like this. So, Lord, I received it. That's it? Well, what's going to happen to me? I don't know. But I promise you, something will. I mean, because it be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I mean, he can do it. It, it, You know, because I'm like, there's nothing actually special about me. You know, people, oh, I'm sorry, he loves me. I'm thinking, anybody can do this. <laughs> I just believe this stuff. It really is that simple. We believe what we choose to believe. Why not believe that I can hear from God? Why not believe when I read this book, it speaks back to me? Why not believe that? And when you just believe, watch this, when you just believe, you'll wake up one day and go like, this is real. I really do love Jesus. I really do make my decisions based on what I believe the word of God said. Do it happen overnight? Probably not. But if you keep practicing it, just like you did, 
You just kept believing. My name is Sam. My name is Sam. And you never even said it out loud. My name is Sam. You might have said it a few times. You're a little kid. But you don't go around and go, my name is Sam. My name is Sam. No, you're just like, hey, Sam. Hey. You just believe it. And, and that's what we got to get back to. The simplicity of this, man. Simplicity. And uh, and, and I'm, uh, I, I got to work you on this one, Mike. I got to work you, bro. The Jesus of the Bible has to be greater than anything else. And that's another hard thing for us to be honest with. He's got to be greater than, well, greater than whatever, the whatever we want to put before him. If somebody doesn't believe in Jesus, okay, our expectation that they're going to act like, that's ludicrous. I just told you I don't believe in Jesus. So how are you going to force me to live my life the way he would want me to live it? And that's another thing. It's hard. Because for so long, we've actually projected that we should do that. Versus, what did Jesus say to people? Follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what we're missing. We want people to jump through, say a prayer, da-da-da. No, come and follow me. Why are we ain't saying that? Because we ain't living nothing. And so we want to preach to people. Versus like, no, come and follow me. That's where the rubber hits the road. Man. And watch this. When you say to people, come and follow me, you better know where you lead. That's all there is to it. Where, where are you leading them? Because if they look up and go like, yo, I'm following you, but that don't look like Jesus up there in the front of the line. Is that What Jesus is that? Because that's that's what it comes down to. Follow me as I follow Christ. And uh, I would encourage y'all, who would you take someone? And where would you take them? That's, that's the only way it's going to work. Because young people are done. They're done with the, the rest of it. But they are looking for authentic relationships that will say, follow me. And then when they when you say, follow me, you're saying, I'm going to be with you in your stuff. I'm going to walk with you through your stuff. If you're going to stick with me, I'm going to stick with you. And that's where that's where this, this, this really makes a difference. Before y'all came, that's what I had turned to, was Jesus when he said, as Jesus walked beside Matthew 4, 6, 18, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, throwing a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make fishers of me. Do what Jesus did. That's it. No, we're going to come up with a grand split. We'll come up with something. The next hot, we're going to do it. We're going to discover it. And everybody's going to follow. That's it. When you go back to UVA, somebody said, man, what you do this summer? Man, I wrote this crazy black dude out, man. <laughs> that dude was crazy, man. I was on his porch, man. You know what? I want to say something to you. Man, do you think you might want to follow me as I'm following Christ? Huh? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jesus follower. And I want you to follow me as I'm following Jesus. And I'm going to be with you in the foxhole. I'm a, man, we're going to be together, bro. Come on, let's do this. Uh, man, I don't know what you did this summer, bro, but, you know, bless you, bro. <laughs> bless your little hearts. So I was on the phone yesterday with a couple of guys, and uh, Brian Doyle was on. <laughs> Legend, bro. Yeah. He's still. Oh, still rocking. He's in Jacksonville now. but um, oh, I just rolled through his town. Yeah, he, he um, we were talking about this whole thing of, of following yeah. and discipling, because that's, it's, 
what we're all, all we thinking all we about. And he went to 1 Corinthians 4, which you know, mm. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though I have countless gods in Christ, you do not have many fathers. fathers. So you're talking about spiritual families at your church. So this is something you're probably leaning into. Yeah. But listen to this. He said, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So the good news. And then verse 16 says, I urge you then to be imitators of me. So same thing. But here's the point that Doyle was making. He said, sometimes we we can tell people, we can taunt people, we can do everything. But he said, a father urges someone. You can't yeah. you can't force them to do anything, but right. you can urge them. You can get behind them and yeah. you can say, hey, this is this is the this, this is, is going to be different if you yeah. do it this way. It's going to be right. And so I just love what he had to say yesterday about mm. the sense of urging someone mm, yeah. no. to walk with Jesus mm. and to come along on this journey. Mm. So he essentially said, I want to be a man who urges other yeah. men yeah. To, to get on with this. Right. And, uh, Another way I said it is spur one another on. Yeah. The thing about a spur, though, painful. Sometimes. Yeah. And that's the other part. We have a high pain avoidance. You know, we want to be comfortable. And then somehow we also have allowed the gospel to come across as you're supposed to be comfortable. And that's why I started earlier with to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. When Jesus calls a man, Bonhoeffer said he bids him come and die. Die to yourself. Yeah. But but it would be easier it would be easier to die a physical death in some cases. Yeah, I had a guy that was talking about this one time, you know, a father would jump in front of a bullet for him, would take a beating or do anything for his family. But when the little girl says, Daddy, will you stop smoking? Will you stop drinking? Will you come to my stuff? So he won't die to himself. He would die physically, but he won't die to his desires and to his selfishness. And that's what we end up, we can't die to self to put Christ first. That'll preach all day, every day. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So, Don, how does how does it go? Um, how do you get guys to come to the porch? Because that's really what I, I I love the fact that this is this is your discipleship yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. I talk about it all the time. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I mean, I live, I beg people to come to the porch because my preaching persona is so different than when you come sit on the porch. When you yeah. come to the porch, we can have a conversation. Yeah. When I preach, I'm a more of a prophetic preacher. Yeah. <laughs> and so that people are like, I ain't trying to sit down and you yell at me for an hour. So so <laughs> I have to try to help them like, no, 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 no. On the porch, we we just gonna sit, we're gonna have a conversation like we've done here today. Yeah. Do and once people get a taste of it, they're like, Oh, okay, this is this is good because you know, when you when you're prophetically preaching, people immediately think Man, you're just trying to get me me to stop sinning and da, da, da. which yeah, that's kind of what this prophetic preaching is about. But what people don't get is that actually isn't my person. My personality is this. Yeah. I talk, and, I, and I can talk about anything. That's what blows people away. Especially people struggling with their sexuality and all that. They're thinking, like, when I get there, it's gonna send me to hell. And then they get here and I'll be like, Oh, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? And I think like, you talking to me like that, like Jesus loves me, even though I'm struggling with this. Yeah, I think He still does love you. But are you willing to allow Him to speak to you about the way you're living? 
I said, oh, I never thought of it that way. You know, and so that's the other thing I believe for you all, Generation Men, just be open to having conversations with people. You know, when I think of y'all younger guys, man, please, your generation needs people to be willing to talk to them, to not immediately push them away. It's like, just listen. And then once you listen, then whatever you are living authentically, that's what you get to talk about, is what you're living authentically versus preaching to people. Is what are you actually living authentically? Because when we listen to people, that's when we get the chance to then like, well, let me let me share this with you. You know, the other thing I'm dealing with, Mike, is just a lot of broken people from our generation and a little younger experiencing divorce. Yeah. But the divorce was actually the thing that woke them up right. to really want to serve Jesus because they thought they were okay. And so for them to find, I've become, this porch has become a place where, oh, you're not condemning me? Right. No, I'm not condemning you. But I am saying, now let's live the standard. Because of all that pain you went through, you see now that being religious don't work. And and even now, your former wife is so damaged because of this, you did do stupid stuff. And so now, how do we help you really be the man of God that you were ordained to be? And I'm watching some guys really make a turn. So they get know? some healing. And- yeah, they get some healing. And, and they and they still got sons that they got to walk through. Well, let me, let me tell you about an initiative that we're working on. So to make a long story short, we've created this trial. Mm. And what is it? Six, we call them seasoned men. So six mm. older men have been paired mm. up with six 18, 17 to 23, 24-year-old guys for one-on-one. And we've given them an eight-week period to have at least four meetings. Oh. And we've kind of given them some directed conversations. Oh, so really doing a mentoring pilot program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm to help some older guys have freedom and opportunity to speak into the lives oh, of some younger wow. men. Now we're doing that, but part of what we're telling the older guys, so many of the seasoned men would say, I don't feel qualified to this. I've made too many mistakes. Oh, yeah. But it's the very stuff that you were just talking about that makes them valuable because those scars give them <laughs> stories to tell. tell. As long as it's been redeemed, right. And and they're walking in faith. Now, if they still got an open wound, well, then, that's a problem. Right. Well, and that's where you come in to help make yeah. sure we navigate to navigating that well. But when you you know when you when you walk through some really broken experiences and come out on the other side and see the forgiveness and the redemption of Jesus, you're better at warning. <laughs> that's right. You're better at warning, right? Look, dude, you don't want to. You don't want to go through that. You don't have to go through that because it comes not from a sense of piety, it comes but from, a sense of brokenness. Yes, yes, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, how again? How the power, of the blood of Jesus, can turn that the enemy meant for evil. Mm-hmm. Now it's a, a, a redemptive thing. And again, we don't. You know, I think sometimes in the past, when I was growing up, we did glorify kind of people coming from really messed up stuff, yeah. which I don't think that's what the Lord is after either. It's more of a warning. Hey, you know, you know, there's no reason for you to go that route. You can go this way. You know, he rewards them that diligently seek them. You can decide. Diligent. I didn't diligently seek him. And this is what I reap, you know. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Nobleman Podcast. We hope that you were blessed and challenged by our conversation with Don Coleman. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to visit our new YouTube channel to listen to Don's workshops at our past conferences. We ask that you share this episode with others and join us in the mission to help churches equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. God bless you.